welcome to For Husbands Only, a podcast where I discuss the hidden, overlooked, and unspoken topics that most husbands wrestle with. What's up, everybody? I am your host, David Taylor, and this show is intended to be an outlet for husbands who are hiding their hurt because they don't know how to process, communicate, and cope with the pain in a healthy manner. Also, this show is a safe place for husbands to go so that they can receive insights into some of the major issues that men struggle with. This show is also a place for husbands to receive encouragement, direction, and accountability with helping them to become better men and better husbands. Lastly, this show is a call to action for men to escape mediocrity so that they can truly become heroes for their families. And yes, I do mean heroes because I am a huge superhero buff. I can't wait for Batman versus Superman to come out. It's going down. Okay, I'm sorry. I got hyped. Anyway, let me get focused. (laughs) As I mentioned in episode one, I will be doing a 10 show trial run to see if this is the type of resource that men, namely husbands, will consume. So hopefully you guys are giving me your feedback so that you can so that I can know if this is something that you guys would like to consume on a weekly basis. If you've missed the second episode, go back and listen to it, okay? Just going to say that first. Before you listen to this episode, go back to episode two and listen to it because episode two is all about penis envy, part one. That way, you can get caught up on the concept of what penis envy is before listening to this episode, which is part two of penis envy. (laughs) Today, I'm going to continue the conversation that I started about penis envy. Here is a brief overview of my concept of penis envy. Again, go back to episode number two, part one of penis envy to get all the details. Uh, It's kind of a prelude to this, but I'm just going to go briefly into some details, some major points that I talked about in that episode. So first, I see penis envy as the anxiety that male adolescents experience upon learning from society that penis size is a direct correlation to masculinity. To me, This realization marks the beginning of the transition from boyhood to manhood and starts a young boy's awareness of the societal pressures of measuring up to the prototypical man. Now, in episode two, I talked about what the prototypical man looks like. So go back there to check it out. This is a further influence once he is first exposed to sex through pornography or inappropriate sexual experiences. And I also talked about my first in um, my first encounter with pornography which happened to be me playing hide-and-go-seek and stumbling upon a box of pornographic VHS tapes in my mother's closet. And I say also in the episode, it was my stepdad's, not my mom's. So, yeah, just in case mom listened, it wasn't yours, mama. <laughs> anyway, one of the major points that I touched on in part one was the fact that as an adolescent and teenager, I learned that strength, size, and the ability to please a woman equals masculinity. More importantly, I quickly learned that the size of your penis equates to the level of your masculinity and on a much deeper level that your self-worth is found only in your ability to please and be accepted by others. Now, let's dive deeper into this often overlooked area and talk about its implications on and in your marriage. Then I'll wrap up this episode by discussing the 10 ways to tell if you suffer from penis envy. Now, again, If you have a son listening, make sure that you're supervising so that if he asks questions, you're able to answer those questions appropriately. Now, I want you to do one thing. I want you to keep this very important notion in mind. Because of penis envy, 
most men often feel the need to disprove their inadequacies. I'm going to say that again. Because of penis envy, most men often feel the need to disprove their own inadequacies. Most men truly want to be seen as capable, as strong, and as masculine. As a matter of fact, I don't, I haven't met too many men that don't want to be seen as capable, strong, and masculine. As men, we try to see ourselves the way we would like others to see us as. So think about that. As men, we try to see ourselves the way we want others to see us as. So whatever image I want you to see when you look at me, that's the image that I become even if this is not who I truly am. I call this person your ideal self. This is so important though. I'm telling you guys, this is important. So I challenge you to dig beneath the surface to see how this is you. We all have an ideal self. We are all constantly seeking to fit the bill and match the mold and will do so as long as our weaknesses aren't exposed. So think about the person that you presented when you first met your wife. I guarantee that person is a stark difference than who you are now. Now, okay, I'm talking to a guy who may not be aware of this. So you may not know that you are different than how you were when you first first met your wife, but I guarantee she can tell you the difference. Or think about the person that you present as when you are at a job interview, right? Well, and I'll, and I'll get to that in a minute. I'll talk more about our ideal selves in a minute. But I, let me tell you a little quick funny story. I remember uh, wearing a size 12 shoe in high school, despite the fact that I was really a size 11. <laughs> and again, remember, I grew up believing shoe size is equated to penis size. So the bigger your feet, the bigger your hands, the longer your wingspan, right? The taller you are, the bigger your penis. <laughs> I would lie about my height as a matter of fact. And I would say that I'm, I would say that I'm closer to six feet when really I'm barely 5'11". So I'm just barely there at 5'11". But I would say that, I, yeah, I'm six feet, you know, and I would try to be a little taller because I wanted people to see that, yeah, I got it. I got it down beneath there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm packing. <laughs> this facade carried on well into my early 20s. And it even impacted how I presented myself when I met my wife. That's amazing how that happens. But long time ago, decades ago, the belief system was already being imprinted and it affected how I presented myself to my wife. Now, imagine getting married while suffering from penis envy. Imagine presenting yourself to your future wife with a mask on. Now, we're going to talk about the man in the mask in episode five, but just understand the concept. Imagine presenting with the mask on. Imagine trying to be the person that you thought she wanted. Imagine neglecting your true self. Hmm. Think about this. See, we all carry three versions of ourselves, but most people in our lives will only meet one. I'm going to say that again. We all carry three versions of ourselves, but most people in our lives will only meet one version. So here are the three versions. If you're taking notes, this will be a good place to start. So version number one is our ideal selves. Version number two is our true selves. And version number three is our disowned selves. So let me break down each of these real fast. So our ideal self 
as I referenced earlier, is a reflection of who I want you to see when you look at me. I know that kind of rhyme. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's a reflection of who I want you to see when you look at me. It's the mask that we wear at church. It's the mask that you wear when a cop pulls you over. You know you don't say, hey, how's it going, sir? Or, you know, whatever you do when you talk to the police officer, when your heart is racing and you see those lights. That's not who you really are. <laughs> it's the mask that we wear when you went to your job interview, like I said earlier. You know, when you were polished, professional, and well-spoken and all that. That's, that's, that's a mask if that's not really who you are. Or it's the mask that you wear when you went on your first date with your wife. And we all had our best foot forward. I mean, we just, we wanted to blow that out. Now, okay, that sounded weird. We probably did want to blow that out too in terms of having sex with her. But <laughs> we really wanted to make sure that we made a great first impression. And so we present it with the mask. It's the image. Think about this, guys. It's the image that you want to see reflected back at you when you stare at yourself in the gym mirror. So all those guys that are constantly looking at themselves in the mirror, they're looking to confirm or affirm their ideal self. And so if they're, if they just are working on, let's say, uh, biceps one day and they just got a nice little vein bulging there, they're going to keep working because that's the image that they want other people to see. That's their ideal self. Here's a side note on that uh, for all of you gym buffs, which I am, by the way, so I'm preaching to the choir. Don't get fooled into believing the image you see in the gym mirror. Those mirrors, <laughs> believe it or not, are intentionally there to keep you distracted. Don't get fooled into thinking that you're bigger than who you really are. Because guess what? We all see your true size. <laughs> Don't fool yourself because we know the truth. Anyway, back to the topic. Most people on your job or in public in general will never see no one else but your ideal self. So they'll only see your ideal self. Our true selves, which is the second person or the second version, our true self is who we really are when no one is looking. It's the person that you are when you're home by yourself or in your car by yourself. The person that may be your best friend has had the privilege of seeing, but very few people. This is the person that your family members know you are, even though you present as your ideal self. So you can't really fool your family that much. They really truly know your true self. You are the most comfortable being this person, even though you try to hide him at all costs. So when you look in the mirror, he is the image that is reflected back to you when the mask wears away. You don't think that he's good enough, big enough, or strong enough. You don't think he's masculine enough. So, you cover his reflection with your ideal self. This version of yourself is privately depressed, anxious, and fearful about the future. This is also the person that your spouse, after time goes on, this is the person that your spouse starts to see. The person with the bad habits. The guy that, you know has uh, smelly towels that's left on the bed after you shower <laughs> or the guy that doesn't clip his toenails or doesn't, you know, brush his teeth in the morning. Yeah, that guy. And yeah, we all have some, some nasty habits. The guy that don't wash his hands, that guy. I know. Don't act like it's not you. Anyway, let me move forward. <laughs> but that's your, I, that's your true self, the person who you really are when no one's looking. Now, let's cover... 
the last version, which is your disowned self. So this is the person that absolutely no one knows. He is hidden deep at the core of who you really are. He is the version of yourself that you keep hitting the most. So much so that even you forget what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's possible. Your disowned self is the accumulation of traits and behaviors that you fight both tooth and nail to keep hidden. This version of yourself likes porn. He likes to fantasize over other women. He likes to cheat. He likes to lie. He likes to steal. He likes to self-indulge. He likes to masturbate and other socially inappropriate behaviors. He is the result of you not having a father or being sexually molested or any other childhood trauma that you may have experienced. So out of the pain of your past, as a way of coping, you develop disowned traits who become your disowned self. Now, your disowned self is the reason why you dislike your true self. And the main reason why you cover this version with your ideal self. I hope you understood the progression. I'm going to say this again. Your disowned self is the reason why you dislike your true self. And the main reason why you cover this version, which is your true self, with your ideal self. Your disowned self is also the reason for your marital discomfort. So let's break it down and explain why. Okay, think about this. The moment you got married, your wife became your mirror. After marriage, she begins to reflect back to you the deep contents of your heart. So if you are a naturally selfish person, that area will begin to be exposed. If you're naturally a lazy person, but while dating your wife, you wore the mask of confidence and spontaneity, your true colors will begin to be revealed. This is why marriage is the great equalizer. It requires you at some point in the marriage to reveal your true nature, your true self. I've heard it said this way. Uh, God intends marriage to not make you happy, but holy. And so he uses your wife to reflect back to you the areas of your heart that's not holy. Think about that. It's pretty deep. So let's, let's talk about this again. So because your wife is no longer reflecting back to you the mask that you wore while courting her, you begin to blame her for your discomfort. You begin to resent the fact that she is no longer the same person that she once was. And as a result, you begin to doubt that your decision to marry her was the right one. Before you can say that this is not you, <laughs> yeah, because I know you thinking that ain't me, understand that this process is often subconscious and gradual. It doesn't happen overnight. And this is the exact thing that happened with me. Like it was that I got to a point where I started to blame my wife for not being the person that she was when we married. And I used to say certain things to almost make her guilty of the fact that she has changed when really it was me that had changed. It was gradual and subconscious. So I wasn't aware. Plus I was still searching for something. I had a void. I was missing something and I'll talk about that in a few, but anyway, let me get back to this. So I, I see this all the time, both Mandy and I, Mandy's my wife, if you don't know, but we see this all the time with the marriages that we're working with. And we're working with tons of marriages through uh mend our marriage. Usually it's the husband who makes all of these elaborate promises while dating 
but all of a sudden finds out that, guess what? He can't deliver on those promises. In an attempt to protect himself, he withdraws like a turtle into his shell. And maybe that's why I like turtles so much and I own a turtle. I love the concept of the shell because I used to withdraw into my shell all of the time. The, the moment I was exposed, I would poke my little head back into the shell because <laughs> I was protected there. And I'll talk about what that looks like in episode four. But for now, think about it this way. This process serves as a way to protect him from having his disowned traits exposed. This process protects him from not measuring up, from not having to face the fact that he just might be inadequate as a husband and as a man. See, at this stage, penis envy has very little to do with the actual size of his penis and more to do with the gaps in his masculinity that is exposed through his performance as a husband. I hope you guys are catching this. Again, I'm going to say it. Penis envy at this stage has very little to do with the actual size of his member and more to do with the gaps in his masculinity that is exposed through his performance as a husband. In more cases than not, he will actually use his penis as a form of coping with the anxiety that is produced because of these gaps. So he'll use his penis, his Johnson, (laughs) to cope with the gaps. He'll defer to pornography. I know that was my coping mechanism of choice, pornography. He'll defer to flirting and even infidelity to help him feel more masculine. This was one of the things that I wrestled with uh, growing up. I actually got, you know, in college, uh, one of the young ladies that I was good friends with, she actually told me, she was honest with me and I didn't really own up to it, but she was like, David, you can't be single. You're always in a relationship. As soon as you're done with one, you're into another one. And I was like, well, I just know what I like. And really, I thought I was being truthful, but the truth was I didn't want to be alone because to be alone meant that I would have to be faced with the gaps in my masculinity. But as long as I was around another woman, I can do and say things so that she can affirm my masculinity, whether it was with my muscles or my penis, my Johnson, whatever the case may be, I knew that I can get her to affirm my masculinity because at that time I, I had grown I had developed, I no longer was this insecure 11-year-old boy that didn't hit puberty. I was a man, right? And I liked my manliness, <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that she liked my manliness. And so that was my way of dealing with the gaps, as I just ignored them. I abandoned them, and I allowed other women to boost my confidence, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, so it is often at this phase that men take up residence on the island of their soul. Now, in the next episode, episode four, I'm going to talk about the island of your soul and what that looks like as a four husband. Um, And we'll dive deeper into that. But before we move there, let me wrap up this episode by sharing with you the 10 ways to tell if you suffer from penis envy. And these are in no particular order. I'm sure that there may be more, but yeah, I just got 10 for now. Um, so here's number one. This is the first way to tell if you suffer from penis envy. If when someone asks you how much money you make, you round up instead of giving them the exact number, or you completely fabricate it instead of being honest, because in your mind, you've already rationalized that the more you make, the more manlier they'll see you as. So you give a higher number. Also, another way to tell if you suffer from penis envy 
as if when asked your true height or true shoe size, you embellish the truth. I, man, I, again, I used to buy size 12 shoes in high school, big old boats on my feet. And really I was a true 11, but I said, you know, if I had bigger feet, the girls would like me. And it worked right. Because it was something that everybody used to talk about, but (laughs) I knew I was lying. I also used to embellish on my height. Dude, David, you're not six feet. You're barely 5'11". Just accept it. And I used to always say, no, uh-uh, I'm, I'm, I'm about six feet. Dude, you're barely 5'11". Just own it. And I had to own my height. <laughs> Another way to tell if you suffer from penis envy is if you've ever asked a woman if your penis is large enough. Now, this may not sound like, you know, you are suffering from penis envy, but really at the core of it, you want them to validate your Johnson. <laughs> your your masculine your 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 man too. That's really what it is. And I used to ask women because I wanted them to notice it, but I also wanted to feel like, yeah, it is big enough, isn't it? Dude, just be comfortable with what you have, right? And I had to grow in that area as well. Number four, here's another way to tell if you suffer from penis envy. If you secretly believe that the size of your muscles, the amount of money that you make, or the size of your car makes you more masculine. Most manly dudes don't want to drive in small cars. They want to feel like masculine so they have a larger muscle car. I'll admit I have a Dodge Charger and it's a muscle car and I like it, okay? I also will admit that I love muscles. And when I lose weight, I do sometimes wrestle with the fact that I'm a little thin. I don't want another buff dude to walk past me and be like, yeah, I got you. See, yeah, I don't want all that. And so I had to, you know, and even now, even to this day, I have to check that. I have to check that, right? Hey, I'm not above anybody. I got to be honest with myself as well, okay? I'm confident. But there, every now and again, when I'm not confident, because I can't be confident 100% of the time because life just don't work that way, I have to check myself. Here's number five. (laughs) If when a woman touches your arm, you automatically flex your muscles to appear stronger. Now, I don't do this anymore, but I used to, ooh, I used to do this all the time. Somebody put their hand on my arm and I just hurt and flex it real quick so that they can feel, yeah, it's something there. Don't play. I got you. (laughs) Then here's number six. If you are secretly intimidated by taller men, I used to struggle with this as well. And I used to try to do exercises to get taller. Um, Now I'm definitely okay with being around taller people because I know I'm only 5'11". And I'm above the average, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that's taller. And I'm okay with that. But, yeah, that used to be an issue. Uh, Number seven. (laughs) Here's another one. If you secretly feel uncomfortable being around women who are taller than you. This is one that I still have to check myself with. Yeah. And I think part of it is just the nature of a man. We don't want to feel conquered. And when someone is taller than you, especially a woman, you almost kind of feel like they conquer you. And so you try to make sure that you're taller. You sit higher than them. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't struggle with it as much, but again, if I'm in one of my moments, I have to check myself. Okay. But I just, I'm saying these things guys, because I want to demonstrate that I don't have it all together either. I'm getting there, but I want you to be honest as I'm demonstrating honesty as well. So let's go to number eight, number eight, the eighth way to tell if you are struggling with penis envy, if you have ever tried any penis enhancement techniques. Now I used to do this back in high school. As I was growing, I used to want to like in, uh, uh, speed up the growth process, <laughs> and so there were. And, and if 
you you know what I'm talking about if you tried it. If you've never tried it, you don't have to worry about it. But all the fellas out there that have tried certain techniques, you know what I'm talking about, okay? And I'm not talking about what well, some people may have done penis enhancement, like tools and stuff, but there are certain techniques that you can find. And yeah, anyway, uh, just be comfortable with what you have and wear it well and wear it proudly. <laughs> Number nine, if you will never admit to another man that he's stronger than you. I used to struggle with this. I used to never, ever want to tell another dude, another burly, hairy guy that he was stronger than me. But I got a, I got a close friend that was one of my best men and when I got married years ago. Um, and I learned a lot from him. You know, I learned about how to give to another guy. Like, okay, let me clean this up. How to, how to give gifts. Like, he would... What he he used to like collect watches, and I remember seeing this one guy, another guy, compliment him on this watch, and he took the watch off and gave it to him, and I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I like there's something there, um, but also he like the he's like a brother to me, so it was easy for me to compliment. He's a bodybuilder, so it was easy for me to compliment him, and then he would compliment me in certain techniques and areas in terms of weight training, and that's what helped me to get comfortable. Like saying, okay, dude, yeah, you got me. You, you're a beast. You're stronger than me. And it's okay. It's okay. Look, you're never going to be the strongest guy in the world. So just don't act like it. There's always someone bigger, faster, stronger. Be okay with that. Number nine. If you have a, oh, I'm sorry, that was number nine. Number 10. If you have a difficult time asking for help, especially from another dude. I know most dudes don't want to ask another dude for help. We don't want to seem weaker. We don't want to seem like we don't have it all together. And so guess what we do, especially in marriage. Now, this is where it really hits home in marriages. Most of the time in marriages, we are suffering. We're going through it, but we don't want to ask for help. Like, and you may be guilty of this. Your wife might have said, let's go get marriage counseling. And you, what you say, I don't need to go to another person to have them tell me what to do with my marriage. Or let's say you guys are having financial issues. You may say, I don't need to go to another person for them to tell me how to manage my money, right? Dudes are notorious. We're notorious for saying stuff like this. And I want you, my challenge is for you to be open and honest. That is a byproduct of penis envy that says that if you don't, if you are not strong, capable, right, knowledgeable, experienced, then you're not manly. Like, just don't believe in that lie. Don't believe in that lie. Because this leads to what I'm going to talk about in episode four, but we'll get there in a minute. (laughs) But let me say this. I'm sure that there are other things that you can add to this list. I just gave you 10 in no particular order, Um, but I want you to share them with me. So you can go to, so you can go to fourhusbandspodcast.com slash episode three, and you can kind of share with me. What are some other ways that you can tell that men suffer from penis envy? Or be honest, what are some ways that you suffer from penis envy? Uh, Yeah, so I'll be interested to hear how that goes. Okay, so I want to wrap up this show by saying something that needs to be said. Okay, like to hear it, here it goes. Your masculinity is not found in your penis size. I'm going to say it again. Your masculinity, how manly you are, is not found in the size of your Johnson of your penis. Okay. Comparing yourself to the prototypical man will only yield tons of anxiety and insecurities. When this happens, you are left feeling the need to hide your true self, which ultimately leaves you never truly feeling validated. 
After all, how can you be validated if you're never seen? And here is the great conundrum, the great problem with hiding your true self and trying to wear a mask all the time is that you feel like you're never seen because you aren't. You have this mask on. So your true self is always hidden. So on the next episode, episode number four, I will be focusing on this very topic as we explore what I call the island of your soul. Mm, This is going to be good. This is the classic thing that most men do. Uh, And you definitely don't want to miss this episode because I'll be uh, sharing something with you that I've only shared with a select few people. And uh, yeah, you just got to tune in to hear that because I, it's going to be interesting. Also, uh, let me wrap up by saying, remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. All you got to do is go to iTunes, type in for husbands only. Uh, please leave a rating and review while you're there, because the more ratings and reviews and the more subscribers we have, the more men get to hear messages like this. This is not watered down. This is true. I'm being real with you guys. I'm exposing myself and I want other men to get in on this journey. Okay. So go ahead, iTunes, subscribe for husbands only like comment, share, leave a message, go to to the website for husbandspodcast.com, leave a message and share this on Facebook. We want to create a movement. Okay. So share this to other men and also wives. If you're listening, go ahead and share this with other men (laughs) because I know y'all listening uh, because I want this message to get out there. Let's go on this journey together, guys, towards all of us becoming better men and better husbands. Understand that you are already loved and affirmed as a man, so you don't have to go out looking to fill that void. Guys, I enjoyed my time. Hopefully you took some notes. If you got questions, hit me up, but I'm out. Deuce, deuce, baby.